It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines. A Beijing official responsible for Hong Kong affairs says the disqualification of four pro-democracy lawmakers sets a good precedent. The president of the Medical Association says threatening people with a fine for not taking a COVID-19 test may put patients off visiting the doctor. And U.S. President-elect Joe Biden warns that Donald Trump's refusal to begin the transition following his election defeat earlier this month could cost lives. A top Beijing official says the disqualification of four pro-democracy lawmakers has set a good precedent as people who resist the central government should be removed from the system. Zhang Xiaoming, the deputy director of the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, was speaking at a summit marking the 30th anniversary of the implementation of the Basic Law. He said it's pressing to correct mistakes and restore order. He spoke through an interpreter. Four dissidents have been removed. This is to protect our legal foundation, and this is a good precedent to show that only those who are patriotic and truly love the city and our motherland should be in place. Otherwise, they should be removed from the system. The former top Beijing official on Hong Kong matters, Feng Wei, says when the Basic Law promises 50 years unchanged, it's only talking about the way of life, but not the constitutional system. Speaking at the same legal summit, he said Hong Kong's social unrest in recent years were in part due to some locals taking aim at the central government and its relationship with Hong Kong. Mr. Fung, who retired from Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office two years ago, said some locals' misunderstandings led to all the problems. He spoke through an interpreter. When it came to issues surrounding the power and relationship, nothing much has been said, and there was. Not enough publications. When we talk about 50 years remaining unchanged, we're talking about the way of life and social systems. But when it comes to the constitutional system, things have indeed changed. And after the handover, we did not talk enough about such changes. The president of the medical association, Choi Gin, says he isn't confident the government will come up with a clear list of symptoms that doctors should look for before ordering patients to take a COVID-19 test. Dr. Joy, sorry, Dr. Choi said he'd spoken to the health secretary, Sophia Chan, last night after doctors expressed concern over new compulsory testing rules and asked for more clarity. Medical groups will meet health officials on Friday. He says the threat of a fine for not taking a test may put patients off visiting the doctor. This is a serious threat to the patient because the patient would choose not to come to see the doctor for minor ailments. The patient would prefer taking、uh, lozenges for sore throat,、uh, cough mixtures for、uh, straightforward cough, and just paracetamol for the fever. So this will prevent the patients from coming in earlier to see the doctors. A fire safety consultant says the owners of old buildings in Hong Kong have been deterred from improving their fire safety systems due to the high costs involved. After the building's department found fire doors have been removed from several floors of a building in Jordan, where a deadly blaze broke out on Sunday night, seven people were killed in the fire and more than a dozen others were injured. Langamthak, who was a firefighter, says although there are laws requiring the owners of old buildings to improve fire safety, revamps can be very costly because they include improving electricity and water installations. He says that's why the authorities should beef up safety checks on old buildings. A political group has accused the government of suppression after it was prevented from running flower stalls at next year's Lunar New Year fair in Victoria Park. The alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China. 
One bids for three flower stalls, but authorities refuse to accept the bids. Its vice chairman, Richard Choi, said officials from the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department said they were instructed to reconsider the bids. We see it's a very extraordinary situation because um, it didn't happen in the past. And also, uh, even this year, other business do not have any problem as uh, me. So we see that definitely is a political suppression to the uh, activity of the Hong Kong Alliance. A senior superintendent of the department, Mabel Ling, told reporters officials would like to obtain more information from Mr Choi before making a decision without elaborating. The government has been urged to reintroduce and expand a scheme that allows public housing tenants to buy the flats they're living in. Speakers at an event held by our Hong Kong Foundation said this could help restart the local economy that's been battered by the prolonged coronavirus epidemic. One of them, an economics professor from the University of Hong Kong, Richard Wong, estimated that $4 trillion in wealth could be created through the sale of public housing flats. He said the scheme could put a substantial amount of money into public coffers and public housing tenants could make money by purchasing and selling their homes. He added that the sale could boost local demand for relevant services such as renovation and mortgages. The U.S. President-elect Joe Biden has warned that Donald Trump's refusal to begin the transition following his election defeat earlier this month could cost lives. Mr. Biden said more people might die from COVID-19 unless the president worked with the incoming team to coordinate vaccination programs. How do we get over 300 million Americans vaccinated? It's a huge, huge, huge undertaking. And so they say they have this warp speed program that not only dealt with getting vaccines, but also how to distribute this. If we have to wait until January 20th to start that planning, it puts us behind over a month, month and a half. And so it's important that it be done, that there be coordination now. Mr. Trump is continuing to insist without evidence that the presidential poll was rigged. He's yet to, to concede. The World Health Organization has welcomed the announcement that a second company appears to have developed a successful coronavirus vaccine, but has warned against complacency. The head of the WHO, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, said he was extremely concerned by a surge in cases. The latest vaccine from the U.S. firm Moderna has shown a 95% success rate in trials. David Nabarro, a senior WHO official, said the scientific advances were incredible. We've had quite unusual lack of cooperation between some major countries. And the politics have not been easy. On the other hand, we've had remarkable scientific cooperation between the scientists themselves and between the companies. So it's something really to rejoice about. Might be a bit down in the mouth about the politics, but the science is brilliant. And I think it's something for everybody in the world to feel really good and warm about. The western edge of Hurricane Iota has made landfall over Nicaragua, forcing thousands of people there and in neighboring Honduras to evacuate from the coast. The U.S. National Hurricane Center says the storm is bringing catastrophic, catastrophic winds, a life-threatening storm surge, and torrential rainfall. This woman from Nicaragua was seeking shelter from Iota. The previous hurricane destroyed our house and we were left with nothing. Now another one's approaching. We'd collected some wood to rebuild the house, and we still don't know what will happen. We fear for our lives, the lives of my children and my mother who is sick. We have nowhere else to be, so here we are again. Earlier, 
Hurricane Iota hit Colombia's island territories of Providencia and San Andres. The mayor of Providencia said one person had died. The charity Save the Children says more children are being killed and injured in Yemen than at any other time for over a year. Fighting has intensified in the cities of Hodeida and Taiz as the Yemeni government, backed by Saudi Arabian airstrikes, continues its long-running conflict with Houthi rebels. The BBC's Harlan, Carolyn Hawley has more details. The UN has described Yemen as a living hell for children. The country was already suffering the world's worst humanitarian crisis before COVID. And now fighting has intensified. Save the Children says civilians are being attacked by both sides, with 29 children killed or injured last month. It says leaders of the G20 must get the two sides back to the negotiating table. It's also calling for countries who still sell weapons to the Saudis, including the UK, to cancel arms deals. Denmark's government says it's reached agreement with enough other parties to pass legislation to permit a total cull of farm-raised mink because of the coronavirus. The BBC's Danny Eberhard reports. Denmark's mink cull has, by the admission of the country's agriculture minister, been a messy affair. The government ordered the extermination earlier this month, worried that a mutation found in some infected mink might spread, possibly jeopardising the efficacy of future vaccines. Embarrassingly, Prime Minister Meda Frederiksen then had to admit there had been no legal basis for a nationwide cull. So this agreement comes as a considerable relief for her governing Social Democrats. But it's proved hugely damaging and costly. Meanwhile, Sweden is to drastically reduce the number of people allowed to meet in public to eight because of a recent surge in coronavirus infections. The country gained attention during the first wave of foreshunning harsh restrictions in its approach to the virus. The French public broadcaster Radio France Internationale has apologized for mistakenly reporting the deaths of about 100 prominent people, including Queen Elizabeth. It's blamed a technical glitch. The BBC's Rory Gallimore reports. This morning began RFI's obituary of Britain's longest-serving and very much living monarch. The United Kingdom awoke an orphan. For a brief time, the radio station's website featured a cascade of famous faces, all seemingly simultaneously having died. Yoko Ono, Pele, Clint Eastwood and Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Khamenei, were among those prematurely declared dead. But perhaps the greatest indignity was reserved for the French business mogul, Bernard Tapie. He's now managed to survive three publications of his own obituary, having mistakenly been killed off by a newspaper as well as a television station. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 104.52 yen, the euro standing at 1 US dollar and 18 cents, the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 24 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,427. That's 45 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $77 billion. Sports, here's Adam Jones. Baseball's first female general manager says she's ready to bear the torch for women aspiring to reach the top ranks in the sports front office. Kim Eng spoke to the media for the first time since being named GM of the Miami Marlins on Friday. The 52-year-old, whose mother was born in China, is also regarded as a pioneering Asian-American. Eng began her career as an intern with the Chicago White Sox in 1990. She went on to hold jobs in the front office for the New York Yankees and the L.A. Dodgers. Now she has full charge of a rebuilding Miami team that made a surprise run into the playoffs this past season. I know that you know, I am uh, 
quite visible and you know I think that that's always been a, uh, a big thing for me is to just make my reputation as good as I can make it um, and let that carry me through uh, and and that's even more important now now that I have this position um, you just have to care you ha you're, you're bearing the torch for so many uh, and that is a, a big responsibility but I I take it on I think the most important thing in this this whole thing is to know the prospects that you have to know your minor league system and you know looking at this looking at this system it's rated one of the top systems in baseball right now so you know, obviously a good job has been done here, but we're just looking to build on that more and more. Arsenal have become the first English Premier League football club to join the United Nations Sports for Climate Action Framework. That means pledging to help fight climate change and help others do the same. Arsenal are the second English club to sign up after the fourth-tier side, Forest Green Rovers, where Arsenal defender Hector Bellerin is a major shareholder. Arsenal's operations director, Howell Sloman, says Bellerin played a big part in their decision. There have been three or four key individuals who've really driven this internally. You know, you, you talk about Arsene Wenger, you talk about even Hector Bellerin and the work Hector's doing, but this is come across... The whole organization, the whole organization is behind this. In the last year, we've worked with Camden Town Brewery to remove single-use plastic in all our beer sales in the stadium, which has saved 20,000 single-use plastic cups we've removed from the stadium. So it's really working across this together. Staying with football, the Uruguayan striker Luis Suarez has tested positive for COVID-19 and will miss the World Cup qualifying match against the leaders Brazil. Uruguay will be hosting the match tonight, their fourth in the South American qualifying table. Suarez, who plays for the Spanish club Atletico Madrid, will also miss Saturday's La Liga match against his former club Barcelona. And that's your look at sports. Adam Jung reporting. To the news, our top stories once again. A Beijing official responsible for Hong Kong affairs says the disqualification of four pro-democracy lawmakers sets a good precedent. The president of the Medical Association says threatening people with a fine for not taking a COVID-19 test may put patients off visiting the doctor. And U.S. President-elect Joe Biden warns that Donald Trump's refusal to begin the transition following his election defeat earlier this month could cost lives. The news from RTHK. Walk luck and you looked in time Never the fuck walk tall Act by 
Afternoon and welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Sadia Osmani. Great to be back. I'm sitting in for Noreen Mir today. She's got the day off, but she'll be back tomorrow. And on the show today, after one thirty, we're to, we talk interior design and how people in Hong Kong and around the world are making changes to their living space. And my guest in the studio will be Keith Chan, interior designer from Hintengro. And he's going to shed a little bit of light on how the pandemic pandemic has got people thinking about their homes. Have you thought about it? Well, make sure you stay tuned. Then after 2 p.m., it's Tuesday, and we hear from Andrew Dembina as he chats to Oliver Bruff, Pamela Poon, and Charcoal Chu of the Nest Bakery, a social enterprise with a focus on food and drink. That's what I like to hear about. And of course, I've got some great music for you. So make sure.